Wow, that was pretty amazing, um, band. Thank you guys for leading us so strong. TLR family, how y'all feeling tonight? Everybody good? Okay, doing pretty good. Hey, if we've never met before, my name's Matt, and I get to lead the living room here at Buckhead Church with literally the best team of people, and I really do mean that, and I'm super, super excited for tonight. Christmas Illuminated, can you believe that the Christmas season is here? Like, we're 23 days away from Christmas. That's just over three weeks. That's pretty wild to think about. We're approaching the end of a decade. 2020 is coming. Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about that? The 20s, gonna be pretty amazing. Um, I would imagine that, that pretty much all of you in the room by now, December 2nd, like your Christmas shopping is done. You have the presents wrapped. I'm kidding, I mean, you're laughing, that's funny. Um, I'm just curious, anybody in the room, like you have a significant person in your life, maybe a boyfriend, girlfriend, something like that, a significant, no, I'm not just asking like anybody in the room dating, like it's not the question, let me finish. Anybody in the room, uh, that was awesome. Anybody in the room have a significant person in your life that you know you need to buy like a significant gift for, but you, but you just have no clue what to get for them. Is that anybody? Hopefully that person's not sitting like right next to you. That would be low key awkward. Um, but if they are, that's okay. Well, here, I'm gonna give you a little tip, okay? So lean in, if that's you, and like you have a significant person, you need to buy a gift for them, you literally don't know what you're going to get for them. I'm just gonna give this to you for free. Someone told me this a few years ago. It really helped me out in the moment. Um, so maybe it'll do the same for you. What you're gonna do is you're gonna give that person a phone call, okay? Um, so like you don't have to call them tonight, um, but like maybe tomorrow or, or in the next couple of days, you're just gonna call them on the phone. And here's what you're gonna say. You're gonna say, hey, um, so this Christmas, I'm really just going big and I'm so excited. I got you the most amazing gift, right? And hopefully, hopefully, stick with me. They're gonna say something like, oh my goodness, no way. Like, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve this, you know? And they're gonna be like, like, what'd you get for me? And you're gonna be like, well, like, I can't tell you. That would spoil the surprise. But like, you know, you're just gonna have to wait, I guess. And then they're gonna be like, I can't wait. Like, that's three weeks. There's no, uh, you sh like, you can't do this to me. This isn't fair. And then you're gonna be like, hey, well, like, you could guess and like, maybe I'll tell you, right? And then as they're guessing, hopefully they give you two, three, maybe four good guesses. You are getting the perfect Christmas gift list, okay, somebody? Like, yeah, and there it is. Like, you, 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 yeah, someone in the room is like, bro, I didn't know why I was here, but I knew the Lord was calling me to come tonight, and it was for this moment. Like, this just changed your life. It got you out of a big pickle, but seriously, try it out. Um, I did it once with Ann, it worked, but the, the kick is you can only do it one time, and then you can never do it again, because she's gonna pick up on it and be like, boy, you did this? I'm kidding, um, but uh, hey, for real, I would love to know, like, what is your favorite part of Christmas. Anybody got anything? Just shout it out. Your favorite part of Christmas. The lights, the mistletoe. This was a bad idea, everyone at once. I can't hear. But I think I heard lights, the gifts, uh, the Christmas cookies, all the things. No school, that's a big one. Um, what do you got? It's her birthday on Christmas? Today, happy birthday to you today, spending your birthday with us. Is it anyone else's birthday in the room? Anyone else birthday tonight? Okay, well happy birthday to all y'all who have a birthday tonight or in the coming days or weeks. We love you guys, happy birthday. I hope it's amazing. Um, but listen, I love Christmas, I really do. Like I love everything about Christmas. I love the lights, I love the gifts, I love just the spirit 
of Christmas, the energy and excitement that comes with the Christmas season. I love the Christmas candles. Um, I love the smell of a real tree. Um, you don't get that with the fake tree people, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm a real tree guy, real tree, real people. Fa- I didn't go there, fake tree, fake. No, I'm not gonna finish that. But I love it. I love everything about Christmas. And um, this year, I've realized that, that that the thing I love the most about Christmas, and it kind of caught me off guard because it was my first time experiencing this, but it's been so much fun to see my 13-month-old daughter and the way that she responds to everything, and she's kind of seeing everything for the first time. Like she was born last year before Christmas, but she was like two months old when she when Christmas came about, so she didn't really know what was happening. She was so little, but now she's older and she's like 13 and a half months old, and so. Literally everything she sees, she's just like, this is amazing. And so we got, she's not saying that because she's not speaking yet, but she's saying, I can read it on her face, right? And so we got a, a real Christmas tree this past weekend. And uh, by the way, no shade, if you get a fake tree, it's cool. My parents got one, I still love them. Uh, but we got a real tree and uh, we brought it in. It's a Fraser fir, it's amazing. And we got the lights and the, the ornaments and all that on there. And we bring it in and the first day, like I, I carry Willow in in the morning. I'm like, Willow, check this out. And I plug it in and literally she looks at the Christmas tree and she usually says one of two things. Either she'll go, ooh, or she'll go, wow. Ooh, wow, it's like two of the seven words that she can say right now, but it is so amazing. And for context, here's a picture of my family. Um, That's Willow right there in the middle. So like in the Christmas season, this has been her face like 99% of the time, just awe and wonder and it's so amazing. And it's ooh, it's wow, and it's this is so amazing. And so we'll sit and we'll look at this tree and we'll watch it and we'll look at the lights. And then after a little while, like she can just sit there all day, but I'm kind of like, okay, like the lights aren't changing any colors. And so I'll go read like a book to her and she loves reading books right now. And so I actually brought a few of her favorite books with me tonight to show you guys. Um, Just thought you might want to see this. Oh, shoot. I didn't know what, yes. So you've clearly read this book. This is The Very Hungry Caterpillar. It's an amazing story that teaches you about making wise decisions. And specifically, if you eat too much, you're gonna have a stomach ache. Um, But it also teaches you about how caterpillars turn into butterflies. Great book right here. Um, That's one of our favorites. Another one of our favorites is One Grumpy Bruce. Okay, a couple of you read this, that's good. Not as popular. One Grumpy Bruce, and I love this one because every time I read it to Willow, I like get my grumpy voice and I'm like, one grumpy bear, mm, and she just loves it. And so, um, yeah. And so I go, the, the thing about this book is like most children's books end with like a happy note, you know, like it was all great and, and Bruce turned happy. The last page of this, you probably can't see it, but the very last page, it just says, and still one grumpy bear. Like Bruce never changed. Um, Cause I don't know what happened there. We'll pray for Bruce. Uh, this one's amazing, Giraffes Can't Dance. And uh, I love this book because usually by the end of it, there is a prime moment, a prime opportunity for me and Willow to have a dance party. And so like, I'll look at her at the end and I'll be like, oh, and she loves to dance. Like literally she's like this, this is her move right now. And so I'll look at her and I'll be like, yo, yo, uh, you know? And then today, um, just while we're on topic, today I'm leaving around like lunchtime to come to the church and Willow's sitting in her high chair eating. And, uh, and I look at Willow and I'm like, bye bye Willow. And some Christmas music was playing. And so she kind of started dancing and I'm like, and you know, the only move I know clearly, I was like, uh, and then literally no joke, no joke. Might've been a coincidence, but I don't think it was. She looks back at me and she goes three times. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, but probably my most favorite book that we have is this one right here. Llama Llama Red Pajama, right? 
Such a good book. I don't know why it's my favorite. I don't know if it's because it rhymes or what the deal is, but I love Llama Llama Red Pajama. We'll sit down, we'll read these books, we'll read these stories. And here's the thing about these stories. These stories are so fun to read. Like they're so fun to act out and to like act like we're a part of the story, like we're a character in the story. It's, it's exciting and fun to imagine what if this was real life? But at some point in all of these children's stories, there's a disconnect between the story and real life. Like at some point there's a disconnect and it's like, okay, like this is when the story, we're reminded that it's just a story, it's made up, it's exaggerated, this is not real life, there is a disconnect connect. But what about the Christmas story? I had this thought the other night as I'm sitting looking at the Christmas tree and I'm reading these stories to Willow, Llama Llama, Red Pajama, and and Giraffes Can't Dance, and these other stories, and I'm sitting there thinking, what will she think of the Christmas story? In fact, I want to propose this question to you tonight, and this might catch you a little bit off guard, but I really want you to think about this. What, What makes the Christmas story different from Llama Llama, Red Pajama? Because here's the truth, for many of us, I think when we think about the Christmas story, when we hear the Christmas story, we think, oh man, it's so fun to read, it's fun to listen to, it's fun to act out. Maybe you've been in Christmas plays before, maybe you've seen Christmas plays before. Maybe you think it's exciting to imagine like what would it have been like if we were there on that day, in that moment. But then at the end of the day, you think, There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between the story and real life. Because when you stop and think about the Christmas story, you start to think, man, it just seems like everything was so calm and bright and peaceful and almost perfect. But then you look at your life and you think real life isn't like that. Because real life is messy. In real life, there's sickness, there's drama, there's broken relationships, there's sin, there's guilt, there's depression, there's anxiety, the list could go on and on. And you think, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between the Christmas story and real life. But I want us to journey back, I want us to take us back to the first Christmas, because while it's true that Christmas in 2019 has been portrayed to be like this magical, amazing, so perfect thing, let me assure you that the Christmas, the first Christmas over 2000 years ago was not that way. Like the first Christmas was anything but pretty. In fact, it was very, very messy. Go with me here for a second. I want us to think about Mary. I'm gonna write this on the board. I've never done this before, but wow, look at that. We got any lefties in the room? We gotta stick together. Think about Mary for a second. Okay, Mary was a teenage girl who was pledged or engaged to be married to Joseph. She's a teenager. This is like probably one of the most exciting seasons of her life. She should be planning her wedding, but then an angel comes to Mary unexpectedly. And what does this angel say to Mary? This angel says, Mary, you're gonna give birth to a child. And she's like, no, 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 listen, like, this isn't possible. You got the wrong person. Like, I'm a virgin. Like, this, this cannot be possible, I promise you. And the angel's like, no, 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 you're gonna give birth to a child that's gonna be the child of God. The Holy Spirit is gonna conceive inside of you. 
And you could imagine in this moment, Mary must have been thinking, what am I going to do? Like my life is over. How am I gonna tell this to Joseph, to my family? I live in this small town. Like word is gonna travel quick. People are gonna judge me. Can you imagine the looks that she was gonna get, the things people were gonna say to her and to her family? Mary must have been feeling extremely, extremely anxious. This is terrible. My life is over. Well, then we have Joseph. And Joseph is engaged to be married to Mary. And Joseph gets this news. Mary comes to him and is like, hey, Joe, I'm, I'm pregnant. And Joseph's like, really? Like, who is it? Like, who's the guy? And she's like, Joseph, listen, it's, it's God. And Joseph's like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm out of here, like, we're done. But Joseph is like, Mary, like, stop playing, like, be serious. And she's like, Joseph, listen, I'll tell you the story. It's probably not gonna make sense to you, but I promise this is what happened. And in that moment, Joseph is thinking, what do I do? Like, how am I gonna get through this? My reputation is ruined. And I'm sure Joseph in that moment was thinking, wow, there is so much drama in this situation. How in the world am I gonna get through this? But then it goes on and Caesar Augustus, the emperor of Rome, says, I want a census to be taken. This is the next event. He says, I want everyone to travel back to their hometown. And so Joseph and Mary had gotten married at this point in the story. And so Joseph says, okay, we gotta travel from Nazareth all the way back to Bethlehem. Mary at this point in the story is very much pregnant. And so they're traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which would have been about an 80 to 100 mile journey. It would have been on foot or maybe by donkey, probably would have taken around eight to 10 days to make this trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And so you could imagine this must have been incredibly, incredibly stressful. Like so stressful. Mary is pregnant. They're traveling a really, really long distance on foot or maybe at best by donkey. And then they get to Bethlehem and we don't know the exact timetable, but we believe that sometime shortly thereafter, it was time. It was time for Jesus to be born. But as you know, if you've heard or read the story before, there was no room for them in the inn. Like there was nowhere for them to sleep. There was nowhere for them to stay. Essentially at this point in the story, Mary and Joseph are homeless. And so what do they do? They find a barn. And they take up shop there and they're like, okay, I guess this is where we're gonna be. You could imagine that in this moment, as their son, Jesus, is about to be birthed, that they must have been feeling incredibly worried. So worried, is this gonna work? How is this gonna happen? This doesn't feel safe, this is not the plan. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, then there's the manger. Like the birth of Jesus happens, he's born, it all works out, and he's placed in a manger. And I don't know how you think about a manger. I think for some of us, like we've kind of romanticized this and it's like, oh, it's like the, the crib of the first century, you know? And it's like sheepskin on it and it's amazing. And there's like light shining down on it. No, 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 a manger was a feeding trough for animals. Like this would have been the most disgusting thing possible. Like with Willow, when she was born, I was like afraid to like put her down in her nice, warm, like snuggly crib. I'm like, oh, I hope you're good. Is there no, we Clorox everything in the room, like no germs anywhere, okay, good. Oh, here you go, baby. Like, let me know if you need anything. No, 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 they're placing Jesus, the newborn baby, in a gross 
disgusting manger, animals all around. You could imagine the smells. It was terrible. Well, then after this, shortly thereafter, King Herod feels threatened by this newborn baby, Jesus. And he says, hey, tells this man, I want you to go find Jesus, bring him to me because I'm gonna kill him. And so an angel comes to Joseph before Herod and his men can get to him. And the angel says to Joseph, Joseph, you need to get out. You need to escape back to Egypt. So Mary and Joseph get on the run. They escape back to Egypt, which would have been about a 400 mile journey from Bethlehem to Egypt. And you could imagine how fearful they must have felt in the manger, I forgot to put this, you can imagine how uncomfortable it must have been. Uncomfortable in the manger. Fearful now as they're on the, on the run, fearing their lives, thinking, what if he finds us? Our son is going to be killed. Maybe we might be killed as well. But then it doesn't end there. Because King Herod receives word that Mary and Joseph are trying to escape. They're trying to get out. So then King Herod takes it a step further and he says, okay, we're gonna try to catch them before they get out of Bethlehem. I want every boy under the age of two to be killed. Every single boy under the age of two is going to be killed in Bethlehem. And at this point, I don't even know, devastated, defeated. I don't really know how they must've been feeling, but it had to be absolutely terrible. This is the scene of the first Christmas. Maybe a little bit different than the way that we picture it in 2019, but this was the scene. It was a mess, chaotic and a mess. So why today do we continue to celebrate and commemorate this day year after year? Why? Why do we celebrate this mess, this event? Well, let's go back to the beginning of the story when the angel comes to Mary. Look at what the angel says to Mary. Check this out. The angel says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Keep going. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus. So the angel comes to Mary says, Mary, you're gonna give birth to the son. And Mary, when the angel first comes, is greatly troubled, like she's terrified. But what does the angel say? The angel says, Mary, don't be afraid. Do not fear. And then we fast forward to when Jesus is being born. Check this out, Luke chapter two. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And again, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Why? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So Jesus is being born. The angel comes, and again, they're terrified. But once again, the angel says, hey, do not be afraid. To which I'm thinking, does this angel know what's going on? Does this angel know the current situation? Does this angel know what they've been through? But yet the angel's saying, hey, don't be afraid. Why? Why would the angel say that? Why for a second should Mary and Joseph believe him? 
Well, because there's good news. A savior has been born. That's why. That's why we celebrate this event, this mess, because a savior had been born and his name is Jesus. And in him, there's light. In him, there's hope. In him, there's peace. In him, there's freedom. In him, there's everything you could possibly looking for. Another way to say it is that in the middle of this mess, there was a miracle. And it was a miracle that overshadowed the mess. It was a miracle that even redeemed the mess. In him, in Jesus, there was a miracle. In the middle of this mess, there was a miracle. And I'm convinced that Jesus was born into a mess to show us, to show you and to show me that he's not afraid of ours. Jesus was born into a mess to prove to us, to show us, to remind us that he is not afraid of yours. And this is what makes the Christmas story different. Like this is what separates it from a story like Llama Llama Red Pajama, because it's real life. Like there's no disconnect between the story and real life. No, the Christmas story reminds us that in your mess, in the middle of your mess, you can hold on to hope. In the middle of your mess, you can have peace. In the middle of your mess, you can find joy. In the middle of your mess, you can see a light that gets you through. In the middle of your mess, you can receive forgiveness. In the middle of your mess, there's a miracle. There's a miracle. God knew what our greatest need was. If our greatest need would have been information, then God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was technology, then he would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money and finances, then he would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was fun and enjoyment, then he would have sent an entertainer. But no, our greatest need was forgiveness for our sins. So what did God do? He sent us a savior. He sent us Jesus. And this is really, really good news today. And this is why we celebrate this, that in the middle of the mess, there's a miracle. And in the middle of your mess, there's a miracle. So can I just speak to the believer in the room just for a second? If you're in the room tonight and you say, man, I've put my faith and trust in this Jesus, like I've received this miracle of, of life, of salvation in him being saved from my sins, can I just tell you this, that if you've received the light of the world, then you need to go and be a light to the world. If you've received the light, then be a light. And for some of you, like, this is what this could mean. You're going home potentially in a couple weeks to spend time with family and friends or people that you haven't seen in a while. And I know what some of you are thinking because it's exactly what I'm thinking, man, there are certain people that I'm excited to see, but then there's other people that I really am not looking forward to see. And I just need to figure out a way over these coming weeks to make sure that I spend as minimal time, amount of time as possible around those people. Some of you are thinking that. And can I just tell you, hey, maybe God put those people in your life for a reason. And maybe you need to be a light to them. 
Maybe you need to sit down with Aunt Jenny again for 45 minutes and say, you know what? Again, for the 15th year in a row, I'm gonna listen to all her struggles and problems and the things that she walked through over this past year. And I'm just gonna sit there and I'm trying, gonna try to figure out my way to get out of this conversa conversation as quickly as possible. Maybe this year you need to have a different perspective. And you need to say, you know what, Jesus, if, Jesus, if you put me in that situation, then I'm gonna be a light. Because if you've received the light, then you need to be a light. You need to be a light to your family. You need to be a light to your friends. You need to be a light on your campus. You need to be a light in your dorm rooms. You need to be a light every single place that you go. And if you're in the room tonight and you haven't received this miracle, you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, can I just tell you, Jesus is the light of the world, but he also wants to be the light of your world. The light of the world wants to be the light of your world. And maybe tonight this hits close to home because I would imagine that in a room this size, there are many of you that say, man, this right here is my life right now. I'm anxious because I don't know what the future holds. I feel like every single day I'm dealing with some type of new drama. I'm constantly stressed. I'm worried about things. I feel uncomfortable, I feel like I don't fit in, like I don't belong anywhere. I'm fearful, I feel defeated. And I don't know what it is for you. Like I don't know the exact details of your mess, but for some of you, maybe you're like, I'm standing in the middle of a mess and I have no clue what to do. And can I just say this to you tonight? In the middle of your mess, there's good news. A savior has been born. And in the middle of your mess right here, right now, even if you feel like you can't move your feet, like you cannot take a step out because it is so messy, like it's above your head and you literally have no clue what to do. Maybe your family has fallen apart. Maybe relationships have fallen apart. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you see no hope for your future. Maybe you feel like you're way too far gone. Like this semester, you've broken every relationship. You've made mistake after mistake after mistake. And you feel like, man, I have created this mess for myself. And I just wanna encourage you and let you know that there is good news. There's good news. A savior has been born and his name is Jesus. And tonight, right here, right now, as you stand in the middle of your mess, you could just rest and you can receive the light of the world. And you can say, Jesus, I want you to be the light of my world. I wanna put my faith and trust in you. I need you. About 10, 15 years ago, I'd been following God, but I never really put my faith and trust in him and made it a faith of my own. And I'll never forget it. It was my junior year in high school and I felt like some things weren't working out and I felt like I was in a mess. And I'll never forget, it was just a moment that I was driving on the road and I just felt Jesus say, hey Matt, in the middle of your mess, there's a miracle. In the middle of your mess, you can put your faith and trust in me. And in that moment, I made the decision to say, Jesus, I wanna trust you. I want a faith on my own. Come into my life, be the light of my world. And not everything didn't change in that moment. But man, from that moment forward, I had a different perspective on life. Like I'm so passionate about this because I'm telling you, Jesus has changed my life. 
So many of you would have the same story. Just a couple weeks ago at the living room, we got to hear 20 people share their stories of how Jesus had changed their life, of how they were in a mess, but then a miracle came in and Jesus changed their life and he's changing their lives. Because it's a journey until you take your final breath. If you still have a pulse, then God still has a purpose for your life. Some of you tonight feel like God has given up on you and that's a lie. That's a lie. And if you need any proof, then take it just that you're here tonight. Maybe God had you here tonight for a reason, because maybe tonight is the night where you say, man, in the middle of my mess, I'm gonna receive the miracle of life. So if you would, I wanna give someone in the room an opportunity to respond tonight. And if you would, every head bowed and eyes closed in the room, if tonight, for the very first time in your life, you know that in the middle of your mess, you need a miracle and you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight for the very first time. You've never done it before. Then I'm just gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me. There's nothing special about this prayer. This prayer doesn't save you. This prayer just solidifies what Jesus is doing in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it quietly to yourself. But if tonight for the very first time, you wanna place your faith in Jesus, you need to receive this miracle. I'm just gonna invite you to to pray this with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight I'm choosing to place my faith and trust in his death and resurrection. And I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward for the rest of my life, the best that I know how. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, just for a second longer, keep your heads bowed. If tonight you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, you just put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight, you receive that miracle of life. Would you, with every head bowed, would you just shoot your hand up so I can see you really quick? If that's anybody in the room, just shoot your hand up and put it back down. Thank you for doing that. You guys can lift your heads back up. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. You don't have to, but We're a family here at the living room. We say this all the time, TLR family, just by showing up here tonight, you're a part of this family. And I wanna let you know that a bunch of people from our family just said that they put their faith and trust in Jesus tonight for the very first time. A bunch of people just received a miracle in the middle of their mess, a Christmas miracle, if you will. So in just a moment, if you just put, raised your hand and made eye contact with me, I'm just gonna ask you for three seconds of courage. That's it, just three seconds. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand if that was you. And here's why, because family celebrates with one another when big, important things happen. And for those of you who just placed your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time, that is the biggest, the greatest, the most important thing that could ever happen in your life. So in a moment, if you would give us the honor and privilege to celebrate with you, we're gonna lose our minds as if Georgia Tech just beat Georgia or something like that. So in a moment, if that's you, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus or stayed over Southern, either way, you put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, if that's you tonight, would you just stand up right where you are so we can celebrate with you? Yeah. Yeah. See a couple over here, a couple in the back right there. Come on. Come on, TLR. We can celebrate. Woo! Yeah. Come on. That's amazing, that's amazing. Hey, everyone else in the room, y'all can stand to your feet in this moment. That is so amazing. For those of you who just put your trust in Jesus, 
Don't let the enemy tell you this wasn't real. No, tonight you're a new creation. Spiritually, you've gone from death to life. We just witnessed miracles in this place. So in just a minute, the band is gonna lead us in a song called, Oh Holy Night. Maybe you've heard it before. And I'm kidding, you've probably heard it before. But you might have candles on your seats, you all should. If you wanna grab those, as the band starts to play this song, our guest services teams are gonna come down the aisle and they're gonna start to light these candles. So band, you guys can lead us. We're gonna light these candles.
Y'all can keep your candles lit for just a second longer. My candle literally just burned out and then came back on. That was the craziest thing ever. You see that? That was wild. Uh-huh. Hey, if this year in 2019, you made a significant step forward in your relationship with Jesus, I would love to ask you if you would just raise your candle up, if you took a significant step forward. That's amazing. That's amazing. If, if this year in 2019, you overcame something that you've been struggling with for a long, long time, I'd love for you to raise your candle up in the air. That's incredible. If this year in 2019, you placed your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, I would love for you to raise your candle up in the air for us all to see it. Man, that's amazing. Woo! Yeah. And hey, last one, but if this year, in 2019, you found the living room here at Buckhead Church to be a home away from home for you. I'd love for you to shoot your candle up in the air. That's amazing. If wax is running on your hand and you feel like you're, <laughs> you can blow your candles out, I'm kidding. Hey, that's incredible. I want y'all to know, like when we say this is a family, we mean it. And I don't think you understand how much we love you guys. You really can't blow your candles out. I'm sorry. And this, you can blow them on out. There it goes. It's amazing. But we love you guys. We really do. And it's been an incredible semester, an incredible year. And we're so excited for 2020. We're looking ahead. We're gonna miss you guys over the, over the break. But man, we're praying for you as you take your finals and as you head home or wherever you're headed. And we're praying for your holidays, that they're amazing. And man, be a light. Be a light. There's a couple things I want you to know before we leave tonight. The first thing is this. Um, we'll be back strong in 2020. We're already getting so excited for the new decade. Come on. Our, our spring kickoff in 2020, mark it down in your calendars. It's Monday, January 13th. Uh, Monday, January 13th is our spring kickoff at the living room, so it's going to be amazing. We have Christmas services at Buckhead Church happening on December 21st and December 22nd, which is Saturday and Sunday night. Saturday night at the 8 p.m. is when our team is gonna be here, so be on the lookout on Instagram if you wanna come sit with us. If you're gonna be in town, we'd love to experience Christmas here at Buckhead with you guys. But man, we really do love y'all. Have an amazing break. We'll see you right back here in spring 2020, January 13th. Have a Merry Christmas. We love you guys. Steal our family.